Welcome to another episode of Strange Sauna. This episode is going to be an absolute steamer, and it will freak me the hell out. Because today we're talking about the voice-to-skull technology, a.k.a. V2K, Allah Weapon, Voice of God. There's many names for this technology, but it has to do with somebody beaming a sound wave into your head that will actually be a sound or a voice, okay? Now, there's some people that say that this is a torture this is you know you're they're targeted individuals and this is happening constantly they can't shut it off and they're looking for anything to help them right they're being desperate so yes we are going to dive all into this i have a lot of different clips to play for you this is going to get wild everybody now if you're new to strange sauna you're new to this show I dive into conspiracies true crime it gets crazy on this show and if you do like the content Make sure to leave a like and a comment and share the show. Go on Apple, leave a five-star rating. It really does help boost this show and get it out there. So thank you. I appreciate it. So let's get into this. What is Voice to Skull V2K? All right. So check out this shot right here. This kind of talks about the microwave auditory effect. And we have a nice little picture for you here where there was an experiment done where you had the head in the area around the temporal lobe perceiving the sound in this 1962 experiment. Several theories have sought to explain the exact mechanism, but it remains a dispute or in dispute on how this works. So they they shoot microwaves at your temporal lobe, and these sound waves entering the ear make the eardrum vibrate. These vibrations are conveyed to the cochlea, and converted into electrical signals. The brain's temporal lobes receive these signals from the ears and process them into sounds and speech. Yikes. Now, I do have something here to read for you because this is a technology that's based on what I just showed you, this microwave auditory effect. And it consists of humans hearing sounds or voices in their frickin' heads that's induced by this modulated radio frequency. The perceived sounds are generated directly inside of the human head without the need for any receiving device. Right? Freaky. The effect was first reported by persons working in the vicinity of radar transponders during World War II. In 1961, American neurosurgeon Alan H. Frey researched this phenomenon and was first to publish information on the nature of the microwave auditory effect, also dubbed the Frey effect. Now, going back to this photo, this is what he did in those um, experiments. He basically had this whole experiment in the 1962 where he was doing this stuff. So in his experiments, the subjects were able to hear pulsed microwave radiation from a distance of a few inches to even a hundred or hundreds of feet from the transmitter. According to Frey, the induced sounds were described as, quote, a buzz, clicking, hiss, or knocking, depending on several transmitter parameters. So by changing the transmitter parameters, Frey was able to induce, quote, the perception of severe buffeting of the head. That's like beating of the head. 
without such apparent vestibular symptoms as dizziness or nausea. Other transmitter parameters induced a pins and needles sensation. Now, I've heard several of these targeted individuals discuss that they're they're getting a tingling sensation from the bottoms of their feet all the way up to their genitals. It feels like electricity yeah. coming out of the ground and up to my genitals. Just imagining if this were to happen to you. It's terrifying. It's one of the most terrifying things that I can think of is uh, having somebody hack into your brain. Now, going back to this, these auditory sensations of clicking and or buzzing have been reported by some workers at modern-day microwave transmitting sites that emit pulsed microwave radiation. The cause is thought to be thermoelastic expansion. What in the nerd is this? Thermoelastic expansion. Okay, so this heat has elasticity, so it's expanding, of portions of the auditory apparatus. And the generally accepted mechanism is rapid heating of the brain with each pulse and the resulting pressure wave traveling through the skull to the cochlea. In 1975, neuropsychologist Don Justison wrote an article discussing an experiment that took place at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research where they tested how radiation affected human perception. The experiments reported that they were able to recognize 9 out of 10 words transmitted by voice-modulated microwaves. I have a clip for you here. Hypersonic sound is perceived through the external ear of the subject and therefore cannot be classified as V2K, the military acronym for voice-to-skull technology, which relies on a scientifically documented phenomenon known as the microwave auditory effect. Oh my God. Look how crazy these people are. The observation of the phenomena came way back during the uh, Second World War. And the, uh, the radar operators, you know, accidentally noticed that when they stand in front of the uh, radar, sometimes they can hear uh, clicks in their head. Uh, somebody by the name of uh, Alan Fry who had talked to some of the radar operators based on their uh, report. and he. So this is all just by accident. Okay, these guys are working on this equipment and they start hearing things in their head. They're saying, hey, uh, you know, I got to report this. I'm hearing clicks. I'm hearing buzzes. What the hell is happening to me? Conducted a very simple uh, laboratory experiment. Indeed, show that human beings can hear the radar pulses. They were not just in making it up. They wanted to know what the significance of something like this would be if man had another sensory motor input. And of course, the possibilities are staggering. Like you have another, another sense like sight, only you're not using it. What do you think that would imply? It means you're walking around being blind to something that's constantly giving you inputs, but you're not aware of it. Terrifying. You're walking around and something is constantly giving you inputs, but you're not aware of it. And you can't control it either. Well, the first implication on that would be a weapon. There Absolutely. There was uh, some concerns because uh, the American embassy in Moscow was reported to have been bombarded by microwaves. So the speculation was that are they trying to gather intelligence or are they trying to actually mess with the brains of the... Now, see, they're tearing apart this... Um, this uh, emblem thing here and 
the inside they have a little device and they're showing this in front of congress i guess this is congress back in the day but they're blaming it on russians tapping the embassy here the embassy personnel so there was uh, some experiments being conducted of course then they were involved in some other things which i'm not involved in which are oh, classified sure. in nature Dr. Lin configured the equipment for the 1973 experiment performed at the Walter Reed Army Research Institute, wherein the experimenters successfully encoded speech and transmitted it via microwaves. The subject of the experiment, Dr. Joseph C. Sharp, was able to hear the spoken words for 1 through 10, and the results were published in the Journal of the American Psychological Association. This is that um, study that I was talking to you guys about. Don Justison. And while Dr. Sharp verified these results during a personal interview with the filmmakers, he declined to have his voice or image recorded, stating that the technology was still too controversial. In ordinary uh, sound perception, sound that goes into the uh, ear canal gets amplified by the small bones in the middle ear and then gets to the inner ear where the cochlea resides and in the cochlea is converted to electrical impulse. But fundamentally... All these sounds. It sounds like we're getting tapped, our, our brains are getting tapped right now with all these crazy sounds that they're inserting to this video. Here we go, just a little bit longer. The physical phenomenon that enables it is mechanical movement of particles. So the mechanical wave transmitted by the bones of the middle ear gets converted at the inner ear into the uh, electrical impulses. But in the case of a microwave auditory effect, is the source is electromagnetic. So if you expose the biological tissue to a pulse of uh, microwave energy, the tissue expands and induces a vibration. Instead of going through the middle ear, the microwave-induced vibration gets propagated to the inner ear directly, and at the inner ear is converted to electrical impulses again. So isn't that crazy? These sound waves go directly into your inner ear and it just gets transformed into electrical impulses that become speech? I think that's what he's trying to say. I don't know. I'm no doctor. One, two, three, and in this case, and the vibration in the human tissue, if the tissue is the head, for example, will fall within the auditory range of a human uh, subject. All applicants for voluntary admission are held a minimum of 15 days for examination before they may be released. Okay. There we go, yeah. So, pretty crazy how this stuff works. I mean, my mind was blown, but I'm not shocked. You know, and guess who was dealing with all this stuff? Guess who was uh, developing this, using it? That's right, military, uh, DARPA. You have the Air Force, the Marines. Everybody has a some sort of version of this that they use. LRAD, which we'll get into, okay? So how is V2K used? So V2K is the, the acronym for this. I don't know exactly what the K is. You'd think it would be V2S, Voice to Skull. But it is what it is, man, you know? They make up the rules. I just read them here. So DARPA first came out with the Sonic Projector. And the goal of the Sonic Projector program was to provide special forces with a method of surreptitiously communicating with audio at distances over one kilometer. The Sonic Projector technology is based on the nonlinear interaction of sound 
in air translating an ultrasonic signal into an audible sound. So I have an article here from Wired Magazine. A voice only you can hear, DARPA's sonic projector. Now, the sonic projector system could be used to conceal communications from several operations forces and hostage rescue missions and to disrupt enemy activities because the sonic projector was designed to be a man-deployable system produce sounds only to the intended target, meaning that anyone around them would not hear this message. Very, very specific. So they would pinpoint it to one target, one target alone. Now, I have an example of this that I want to play because this is a man in a library, and he is focusing this sound device on one person, you know, he's standing up on the stairs saying, hey, you, you in the dress, I think you're pretty. You know, being a total creep. But check this out. This man, Dr. Joseph Pompey, who's got a thing about annoying people with sound. Hey, you. Ma'am, ma'am, please wake up. Wake up. No sleeping in the library. <laughs> most people of his age don't know much about sound. The most antisocial they can get is turning their car's hi-fi up in a quiet neighborhood. Look at this guy. Dr. Pompey has studied sound for so long, he's got letters after his name. That's got to be the 80s, bro. Or early 90s, sorry. This guy's rocking. And he came up with something a bit better. That's not a speaker system. Now this... This is a speaker system. The whole idea of his sound spotlight system is to make sure that only one person can hear him, even though they're 20 meters away. Hey, you there. You on the laptop. Where? She's like, what? Illegal files to the library network? I hope not. Hey, you there, studying. Miss, can you hear me? Look at these girls. He's. I think these girls are like, what? Hey, you. <laughs> Looking at CDs. Oh my god, this is this has to be Bill Gates' cousin or like younger brother or something. Am I right? Scrunching through all these CDs. Look at this guy. He's like, shit, We're I watching. got caught. <laughs> Taking the mickey out oh, no. of innocent readers might seem a bit childish, but there's a reason why Dr. Pompey comes here to test his kit. A library is about the most sensitive area you can think of for Look at this girl. Noise. She's like, yeah, what the hell are you looking at? Please go away. Generating sound that people don't want to hear. But with the audio spotlight, we can deliver sound specifically directly to people within the library without bothering the other people that are reading quietly. One of the things is we can bring in a Ooh, couple yeah. of Latin dancers, send them some hot... Now, this is ridiculous. They bring in Latin dancers and they dance in the middle of the library and they're like, look, uh, no one's being distracted by this. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can hear their feet. I can hear their, <laughs> I can hear their bodies and their breathing. Come on. This reminds me of those dance clubs. They put the headphones on and it's just like silent dancing. It's super freaking weird. Anyway. Salsa music, they can dance all they like in the middle of a library to all the music that they want without bothering the other people nearby. Without bothering anybody, yeah, right. Quietly. There he is. The Dancing system away. works like this. 
First, your voice is transformed into high-frequency ultrasound. Sound so high, no one can hear it. Ultrasound is highly directional, so, like a torch, it can be pointed at someone standing a long way away. Mm. Although they cannot hear the ultrasound, it causes secondary vibrations in the air around them, and it's that sound the person hears. So if you imagine you're in a room and I shine a flashlight at you, it's very bright for you, but it's very dark for everybody else. Much the same way, the audio spotlight creates a very narrow beam of sound. You can shine it at a listener. They hear it very clearly, and it doesn't create noise that might bother other people in the same space. It's already being used in museums, and soon Dr. Pompey hopes he'll have his system in TV sets so that only one person in the room can hear it. The TV sets. Can you imagine? Now, this does kind of fit in... Um, you know, this is a little tangent here, but this kind of fits into the targeted dreams where you had advertisers targeting people while they're sleeping so that they have dreams of their products. It's kind of the same thing, like directed advertising or directed marketing, something like that. Very, very insane. But that is an example of how this DARPA sonic projector machine or technology would work. Is single target. You only want them to receive this message. Okay. DARPA also has Pandora. I mean, these names that they have for these uh, devices too is just, are you kidding me? Pandora. So this is a human machine interface using neurologically neural technology. I, I don't know. That's just what I read here. Now I do have a movie for a, a show here. This is from the History Channel, so I'll try not to get this, uh, you know, taken down. So if this gets a little weird here and there and you, you see me kind of jumping from topic to topic, that's because YouTube removed it, okay? If you want to watch the full episode of this without any interruption, go over to Rumble. I'll have the link down in the bio there. All right, so this is Pandora, okay? Here's a little clip. In 1965... DARPA launched Project Pandora, which studied the possibility of using microwave radiation to control human behavior. The project reportedly ended in 1969, but DARPA's investigation of how machines can affect and possibly control the brain continues to this day. Continues to this day, they say. All right, so DARPA, all that stuff, that Pandora... It's still happening. They're using electronic radiation to control human behavior. Now, this next part kind of goes into what are the capabilities? Maybe some implants or using like a cap, like a mesh cap. And this guy's saying that this stuff's being worked on and they know it. They're explicit programs of DARPA to read and write to human brains, whether it's through direct implants within the brain. Oh or wearing some kind of cap. So these things are being worked on, and we know that. So when you think of a brain chip, don't you think of Elon Musk and Neuralink? This guy's saying, yeah, we're going to use a chip to basically uh, control your behavior. That's where you take a big gulp and you go, whoa. Yeah, Neuralink? No, thank you. And what is the goal? Like, why would they want this? What would, like, why would they want you to have a chip in your body, okay? But here we go. 
they're going to talk about why, and that's because they want to control your mind. And they want to control you. Maybe the next step is we can send instructions and information to an actual person from a distance with this kind of technology. Manchurian candidate. You activate them. Boom. To let another person control their actions. But that could be something that could be malicious. Absolutely. If there's some way to do it from a distance, a much greater distance than something that you can wear Right? From a distance. That's what they want. They don't want anything where you have to be in the same room, around the corner, in the same library, you know, it, it, with a direct path of uh, eyesight. They want this to be far away. On your scalp, that would be the ultimate technological achievement that would fall into this realm of mind control and direct human-machine interface that DARPA may well want to keep secret. Oh, you think? Why wouldn't they want you knowing about that? That's, you know, yes, of course they would want it secret. Uh, I have the last little bit of this. Now, this is concerning because this has to do with altering your DNA. In the near future, oh. DARPA may possess the technology to remotely control the human mind. In the near future, he said. So just keep that in mind. But as concerning as that may be, according to some scientists, a more permanent kind of mind control technology is looming. And it involves modifying the human brain by altering the human body's DNA. All right, that's, this is permanent mind control. Permanent. Meaning once you put it in your body, once they do this DNA change to you, there ain't no going back. Okay, now I know that there was something that happened in 2020 uh, some sort of uh, thing that that will never go away, right? It is uh, some would call it a plague or something. Now I know some uh, did have concerns about DNA being altered, you know, either from that or from other substances that you put in your body. Okay, so when you're altering your DNA, it, it something will happen to you, and, and if it is a controlled alter with this device like the DARPA is trying to do here. I mean, this is all speculation, but boy, oh boy, after seeing that guy in the library, I'm going, okay, well, some of this is at least possible, right? Oh, okay. So this is actually really interesting as well, you guys. In 2018, a U.S. journalist made a FOIA application. Washington State's Fusion Center inadvertently bundled, quote, EM effects on the human body zip. So this was like a zip drive here. They received all this crap. Look at this. Photos of like these cell towers zapping people's brains, cars zapping people's brains inside their houses, helicopters zapping them. Right? Remote control, remote brain mapping. Now, this is the video that I would like you to watch. President Obama announced Tuesday mm. the government will invest $100 million into research to map the human brain. They're calling it the Brain Initiative, which is actually an acronym, Brain Research Through Advancing Innovative Neurotechnologies. Do you guys know about this? Did you hear about this when Obama was in office in 2013? I sure didn't. I wasn't paying attention, though. 
CNN reports the president compared the initiative to the Human Genome Project and set goals for the research. The goal is to unlock the secrets of brain disorders like Alzheimer's disease, epilepsy, and traumatic brain injuries. But MS and to take over the whole world. NBC points out that's probably not his only incentive. This oh. is not just a science project, it's a jobs project. Oh, Absolutely, and this is something that President Obama talked about in his State of the Union address. Yeah, we need to hire the sociopaths to want to build this device so that they can help the, the, the megalomaniacs take over the world as well. Yeah, we need those people too. Wanting to create jobs, create jobs for middle-class Americans, so that is at the root of this to some extent. The New York Times reports the project is just part of a vast landscape of neuroscience research supported by billions of dollars in federal money. Mm. And the Obama administration deemed it a grand challenge of the 21st century. Okay. Despite the potentially controversial timing of the investment with the sequester oh. hitting... Listen to this, people. ...and budget debates ongoing, Business Insider reports the project has already succeeded in one thing, in a positively stunning display of bipartisanship. Oh. House Majority Leader Eric Cantor has announced that he supports the $100 million government spending project. Whenever you hear this stunning display of bipartisanship, you have both sides of the aisle coming together saying, oh, yes, we should uh, throw money at this. Something is afoot. Beware whenever this happens. Okay. It's just, it is a massive red flag that something is going to happen to either take away your rights or it will um, do something very, very bad against you. That is what I've, I've come to find. I mean, the Patriot Act was another example of that. Proposed by President Obama. Looks like brain mapping research has lots of fans. Billionaire oh. Mort Zuckerman told Bloomberg's Betty Lou why he has donated large sums of money to Columbia University's oh, really? Mind Brain Behavior Institute. We'll be able to dramatically increase the number of different procedures that will improve all kinds of different... And that's oh. struck you. And you say Billionaires want to fund this, too. They want to take over your brain. And I said, well, this is, a, this is a breakthrough. Once we can do that, we can have an accelerated rate of improvement of technology. Whomever their first subject, scientists will have access to the $100 million in federal funding in October of 2020. Okay, okay. Yes, yeah, she's super excited to tell you about it. So they, the brain mapping. They want to map the entire human brain. That way they know exactly where to pinpoint and where they can kind of use this shit. That's what I'm kind of guessing here. Now, it could just be for disease control. Okay, let's not get too far into the weeds. They, there are some people out there that want to help out humanity, okay? But when you get these uh, defense contractors, you get DARPA involved, things can go awry. And I just find that that was very interesting that uh, that journalist found that information through a FOIA request. Now, the Army. The Army has uh, deemed this the V2K technology. The U.S. Army had a web page on, quote, voice-to-skull weapons, but they removed it. It's not even available on the Wayback Machine. Apparently, it was the Federation of American Science Scientists website, and it read, or it was on the uh, the Federation of American Scientists website, and it read, quote, Non-lethal weapons, which include, one, a neuroelectromagnetic device which uses microwave transmission of sound into the skull of persons or animals, okay, let's not leave them out, by way of pulse-modulated microwave radiation, and two, a silent sound device which can transmit sound into the skull of a person or animals. Wow. 
one application of V2K is the use of an electronic scarecrow to frighten birds in the vicinity away from airports. Okay, here is that wired uh, article talking about the Army taking down the voice-to-school device off of their website. We also have... This, uh, the voice of God weapon returns. Let's see here. So the voice of God weapon is a device that projects voices into your head to make you think that God is speaking to you. So, uh, Iraq, in Iraq, they use this and they called it, quote, the voice of Allah to convince religious terrorists that God was speaking to them or Allah was speaking to them, telling them to go do things. Okay, now this gets into that. Um, if you could tell a, a religious terrorist to go do something and they do it, could you tell somebody else with a gun to go do something? And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into these targeted individuals and shootings because it, it there is something there. There is a connection there, a massive one. Let's see, the Army, the U.S. Army here, toyed with a telepathic ray gun. It's coming from the new scientists. A FOIA request declassified a 1998 U.S. Army report entitled Bioeffects of Selected Non-Lethal Weapons that revealed plans for the ray gun devices which would cause artificial fevers or beam voices into people's heads. Okay. So here we go. Hold on just one second. This is, oh boy, yeah, this telepathic ray gun. So it, it claimed that it used the fray effect. So that's what this whole thing was about is from that 1962 study. Uh, the fray was his last name. Where it was used to project the spoken numbers 1 to 10 across the lab to volunteers the report discusses a microwave weapon able to produce a disabling, quote, artificial fever by heating a person's body up. So speaking to you with these these ray guns is not enough. They need to heat up your body and make you super uncomfortable. The report notes that the necessary equipment, quote, is available today and that it would take at least 15 minutes to achieve the desired fever effect. Oh, boy. All right, so let's get into, let's see, what do we have next? So we have, yes, the military and the Navy, LRAD. We've heard of this, long-range acoustic devices, a.k.a. acoustic hailing device, AHD, or the sound cannon. This is a specialized loudspeaker that produces high-powered sound for communicating at a distance. It was developed by the U.S. Navy after the attack on the USS Cole. And they have several uses for this. Crowd control. All right. Get back. Whoa, what the hell was that? Hit by a sound wave. Uh, negotiations in siege situations. So hostages, piracy at sea, that kind of thing. Mass notification in natural disasters. All right. They can uh, make you go deaf by having this long range acoustic device. Hey, you're all going to die. Get out of here. Watch the tornado. Wait, what? Where am I going? Yeah. Uh, this can cause permanent hearing damage. LRAD. 
I do have a video for you. There have been recent advances in acoustic technology which can transmit sound great distances with a very narrow target range. The long-range acoustic device is one such technology and is currently employed by both military and commercial sea vessels to deter potential attackers. In San Diego, California, Woody Norris, developer of the LRAD, describes another of his acoustic technologies known as hypersonic sound. Check this one out. So he has a pad, if you're listening to this on audio, he has a pad and he's uh, just sweeping it around the room like it's like a square. He's holding it like a shield. And when he swipes it right in front of the microphone, listen to what it does. It's kind of like uh, radio stations, except in this case, you don't need a receiver. To hear a radio station, I gotta have a receiver. With this, the mixing actually happens in the air and you hear it without any other device. So if I aim it at you and it happens to hit both of your ears, and I'm reluctant to say this, it'll be as though the sound is inside your head. What? He said it. Look, right there, you hear that? Sounds like a wave splashing on the water or on the in the ocean. This time I'll come all the way around in case you're getting a lot of echo. Right? So that's pretty crazy, right? And I do have another video of the same dude. The voice of God weapon has already been created. The LRAD system, which is used to cast strong signals and crowd dispersion, can also be used to send messages long distances. I'll play a video of the CEO, Woody Norris, describing the Voice of God weapon and what it can do when it first came out. So again, this idea of being able to put sound anywhere you want to is really starting to catch on. Mm. It also works for transmitting and communicating data. It also works five times better underwater. Uh, we've got the military had just deployed some of these into Iraq where you can put... Wait, did you hear fake... what he said? It works five times better underwater. Mm-hmm. Troop movements, quarter of a mile away on a hillside. <laughs> or you can whisper in the ear of a supposed terrorist some biblical verse. Look at that. <laughs> Voice serious. of God. <laughs> Voice of Allah. And they have these infrared devices that can look at their countenance and see a fraction of a degree Kelvin in temperature shift from 100 yards away when they play this thing. And so another way of hope, hopefully determining who's friendly and who isn't. Oh, uh, we make okay. a version of this which puts out 155 decibels. Pain is 120. All right. So this thing hurts. Permanent ear damage. Pain is at 120 decibels. This thing pumps out 155. So it allows you to go nearly a mile away and communicate with people. And there can be a public beach just off to the side and they don't even know it's turned on. We sell those to the military presently for about $70,000. And they're buying them as fast as we can make them. They're buying them as fast as they can make them. Military's gobbling these things up. But they wouldn't use it on you. So you don't have to worry about that. All right. Uh, the Marines. The Marines are next. They came out with Medusa. The mob excess deterrent using silent audio. And there is, yeah, this thing is like the X-Men, bro. All right. So I have a little video to show you here. Check it out. I don't think we'll play this whole thing, but this Some guy kind of talks about Some psychic powers that can project sound or even voices into people's heads. In reality, can we humans do the same? In this video, we're going to explore the potential of Medusa, 
a real-life directed energy weapon that may allow us to be the next Professor X. Oh, speaking of X, Elon, right? Maybe he's Professor X. Designed for crowd control, Medusa is a microwave weapon that can project sound. So how is- See these acronyms? Medusa? Medusa? Pandora? I mean, come on now. This is getting, this is getting freaky. Is it different from a loudspeaker? Well, the key is you cannot block out the sound even if you cover up your ears. That is because the weapon uses a physical phenomenon called the microwave auditory effect. Yeah, so that, I, I think that's enough of this video. Uh, what he said there was that you can't escape this freaking thing. You can't cover up your ears. You can't escape it. That's what happened in X-Men when you watched that. Um, I forget her name. She was on X-Men. Or, uh, she, wow. She was on Mad Men. She was the wife. So she, her power was like screaming so loud that, you know, it goes like you can't block that sound. So it goes, it goes right into your head just like that. Um, we do have another article here. And this is from Wired once again. The microwave scream inside your skull. Oh, boy. So different from LRAD, this Medusa, it has this microwave auditory effect. That's what that guy was talking about. It sends a beam of microwaves into your head. Okay, just like a microwave, like you're cooking from the inside out. Nobody else can hear it unless they are in the beam as well. This has significant risks for brain damage. From the high-intensity shockwave created by the microwave pulse. All right. Now, we do have the Air Force. Thor. Another acronym. Thor. Medusa. Thor. What else is next, you know? This is the Tactical High Power Operational Responder. It is capable of destroying swarms of drones at the speed of light. This thing is pretty freaking badass. I do have to say that. This thing is like an EMP and it drops all the drones at once. According to the simulation here, okay? I haven't seen this crap in real life. I don't think many people have. But unlike a laser, you know how they were using laser technology to destroy drones? But that has to sit on the drone for a while to cause the heat to, to go through the freaking thing. And it usually just takes down one drone at a time, these lasers do. This Thor has been engineered to kill them in groups or swarms. The Air Force Research Laboratory has developed a low-cost-per-shot, speed-of-light solution. Thor! Thor uses a focused beam of energy to defeat drones at a large target area. It provides a non-kinetic defeat of multiple targets at the speed of light. This unique system allows base defense forces to stop UAS attacks at long range before they threaten critical See? infrastructure. They all just fall down at once. Thor completely stows in a 20-foot shipping container, which can easily be transported in a C-130. Easily transportable? All right. The system can be set up by as few as two people within three hours and operates from ground power. Thor uses high-power microwaves to cause a counter-electronic effect 
a target is identified, the silent weapon discharges in less than a second, and the impact is instantaneous. The instantaneous speed of light, right? That's what they're saying. Force Research Laboratory has already demonstrated Thor's effectiveness during real-world tests where it defeated hundreds of UAS systems. Wow. All right. Crazy shit. But yeah, that's that's pretty badass. You can take out all those drones at once. That's pretty cool. So they rebranded Thor and they called it Phaser. Not as cool as Thor, Medusa, Elrad. I guess Elrad's not even that cool. Uh, but this one is a directed energy weapon. I guess all of these are directed energy weapons. But Phaser is a high-powered microwave cannon that emits radio frequencies in a conical beam, just as we saw. It doesn't cook a drone with heat. Instead, the weapon disrupts or destroys their circuits with a burst of overwhelming energy, kind of like an EMP. Uh, it is not a thermal effect. It is an electric field effect that is basically imposed on the electronics to either upset or permanently damage them. It does not run out of ammunition. So that's another thing that's pretty cool about this. All right. But let's get into the not-so-cool stuff all right this stuff is going to be the targeted individuals and what this this technology could really be used for some evil stuff all right now electronic harassment is a word that's being thrown around there and one of the experts into studying this is this private investigator from los angeles named roger tolsez or tolsies he specializes in electronic countermeasures over the past 30 years, he swept over 2,500 locations for bugs and wiretaps. In recent years, his business has included helping victims of electronic harassment and mind control. So electronic harassment takes place in someone or if someone uses any electronic device to aid them in invading your person or property for the purpose of gathering information illegally or for the purpose of causing physical harm, or just making you go frickin' nuts. Mr. Toll says, uses over $100,000 of high-tech equipment to try to identify the sources of electronic harassment. I have a video here where Roger talks about this stuff. So this first segment we're going to listen to, He's talking about electronic harassment, what that is, and how military black ops are using this to avoid infrastructure damage. Uh, you coined the term electronic harassment. What is electronic harassment? Okay, well, electronic harassment is when any person or perpetrator uses an electronic device or groups of electronic devices to either uh, compromise your privacy or to use electronic weapons against you to, for harm or, or, or to control your situation. What's happening now is the black ops and the uh, military and weapons development, development commu community want these weapons to be the weapons of choice in future wars. In other words, when we went into Iraq, as an example, they went in and, you know, did the shock and awe. So they blew up the cities, they blew up the bridges, they blew up the infrastructure. And, of course, then we had to come in after taking the country over and then spend all that money rebuilding their cities and bridges and, you know, everything. 
So what they've done is they've decided that what we want to do is have non-lethal weapons. Weapons that can be used against enemies that don't destroy physical things. In other words, not bombs, not bullets, not missiles, but some kind of electronic mind control uh, devices such that you can get mental control over enemies without blowing up infrastructure. There it is. Without blowing up infrastructure. It's an ingenious idea. Okay? Same thing with any other weapon, like a biological weapon that you can think of that might have been thrown around in 2020. I don't know. It clears out the population. It makes them weak. It makes your enemy weak. You know, think about warfare. What if your enemy is having all these migraines, they're hearing voices, all this crap, right? They're getting fevers. So the next part of this video, uh, Roger is going to talk about passing laws to make this mind control legal. All right. So that way they can do this on the general population. Check this out. I had no idea this existed. I bet you guys didn't either. So what's happened is, is these things were supposed to be developed towards, you know, uh, enemies. They've decided that, you know, in most cases, we're going to have to gain mind control over the general populations that are not warring with us. So what they've done is they put laws in place that allows the Department of Defense and the subcontractors to do mind control experiments on the general population in development of these weapons. So anybody who gets on the bad side of the government could end up being a lab guinea pig. And how is that legal? How can they use tax dollars for, you know, they're going towards these things and they use them to spy or harass others? How is that? Title Title 50, Chapter 32, Section 1528. Mm -hmm. Check it out. That was very specific. Did you hear what he said? Title 50, Chapter 32, Section 1528. Check it out. Now, this video does not go into that, but I pulled it up. So let's take a look at it. So uh, Title 50 has to do with uh, biological warfare and, and stuff like that. But this specific Chapter 32 co or Section 1528 has to do with congressional notification of biological select agent and toxin theft, loss, or release involving the Department of Defense. So anytime the Department of Defense either has something stolen, loses it, or releases a biological select agent or toxin, they have to notify Congress. That's what this is saying. Right here. Not later than 15 days after the notice of any theft, loss, or release of biological select agent or toxin involving the Department of Defense is provided to the Centers of Disease Control and the Prevention or the Animal and Plant Health and Health Inspection Services as specified per section, blah, 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 the code, blah, 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 blah. The Secretary of Defense shall provide to the Congressional Defense Committee's notice of such loss, theft, or lease. All right. Elements. Notice of a theft, loss, or release of biological select agent or toxin under subsection A shall include each of the following. The name of the toxin or any identifying information such as the strain or other relevant characterization information, an estimate of the quantity of the agent or toxin that was stolen, lost, or released, 
the location of the facility of which the theft, loss, or release occurred. In the case of a release, any hazards posed by the release and the number of individuals potentially exposed to the agent or toxin. And last but not least, actions taken to respond to the theft, loss, or release. So what I know what everybody's thinking. It's like microwaves. Is that really a biological select agent or toxin? Well, it does impact biology. This impacts your body. It impacts your brain function. People get dizzy, nausea, all this stuff, right? So, yes, it does kind of fit into that realm. But you could, you'd, you know, a slick lawyer could probably work their way out of that argument. Going back to this video here, I have some stuff for you. This is kind of talking about how do these voices happen, like with this electronic harassment. And this Roger guy goes into how this stuff works. This is pretty, pretty trippy. It's like a sci-fi movie. People who complain that they are being watched often say they are hearing voices. How are voices transmitted? They're transmitted by a technology called biocoded directed energy. Mm -hmm. And that's a top secret thing that was developed. And what it is, is they get your DNA. In other words, they, they pick your garbage up in front of your house one day. And inside your garbage is your DNA. Most likely from the trash can in your bathroom that you dumped in your That's how they caught Brian Laundry, Or not Brian Laundry, but uh, Kilberger. You know, Brian Koberger over in the Idaho murders dug through his garbage. Garbage. Once they have your DNA, they take the DNA and they put the, your DNA code in a supercomputer. And in that supercomputer, they run algorithms that biocode electromagnetic transmissions so they bioresonate with your body. Listen to what this man is saying. They biocode a resonance based off of your DNA. I've never heard of this stuff. This is straight up out of a science fiction movie. You're saying my DNA has a sound to it? Once they've done that, they can transmit that from satellites or cell towers or aircraft or any number of ways. And that signal will only affect you and nobody else. In other words, everybody standing next to you is not going to hear the content because their receiver is not tuned to that bioresonance. There's a bioresonance to every individual, just like our fingerprint. Every person has an individual DNA, a different bioresonance. And so the Stockland, the original Stockland patent is on my website where Stockland was able to go voice the skull with pulse tra uh, transmissions in 92. And then after the, the rest of the development went black ops. We don't really know what happened after that. We knew we could put voices in into, uh, to, uh, group people's heads. What they did, and I know from the Russian trans translation from Cheryl Welch, from reading all her translated psychotronic stuff from Russia, that they figured out how to biocode these microwaves so that it can attack specific individuals. What did RFK Jr. just come out saying? They've been working on uh, biological agents and biological attacks or to attack specific groups of people. People call them racist. But it's like, yes, 
there's certain, uh, you know, races, ethnicities that are impacted by different things. This guy is saying everybody, indiv- each individual has their own bioresonance. You know, we're all vibrations. That makes sense. You know, everything is vibration. Now, he's going to get into a, uh, an analogy that I like. Listen to this analogy, everybody. This is a good one. They basically analyze your DNA, and they then use supercomputers to encode the signals. So just think of it this way. It's kind of like, let's say you have a cell phone and I have a cell phone, and they're the exact same model cell phone. Let's say it's, you know, a, an LG cell phone. You and I have the exact same ones, except... LG cell phone, bro. Get out of here. Your phone's programmed to your phone number, and mine is programmed to my phone number. And as those cell phones sit there, they listen to the control channel of the the nearest tower. And the control channel is sending out codes so that if somebody wants to call you and they bring your number, and that tower will then put out your phone number on 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 the control channel... And once your cell phone sees that control channel number, it wakes up because it recognizes that that's the number that it's associated with. And it sends a signal back to the tower saying, I'm over here, send the the call through. So it's the encoding that's coming off on a microwave link uh, that causes different phones to come alive based on their coding. So the bio-coded directed energy is the same thing Except instead of phones, we got human bodies. Instead of phones, you have human bodies. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I I couldn't believe this stuff when I was finding out um, all of this stuff. So it's crazy what this world, what stuff exists in this world. This stuff was uh, this whole electromagnetic, this uh, harassment stuff was also reported in the news. Hundreds of people in the valley say they are hearing voices in their heads. And those voices are being transmitted by microwave or <laughs> other methods. You see well, that woman? Several viewers asked- she was freaked as soon as that guy said this. Watch it again. And those voices are being transmitted. <laughs> oh boy, she looks at him like, are you kidding me? Microwave or other methods. Well, several viewers asked us to investigate what they call electronic harassment. KMIR 6's Angela Monroe joins us now with what she's discovered. Angela. Electronic harassment, synthetic telepathy, voice to school technology. Chances are you haven't heard of these terms, but after searching the internet, I found dozens of websites dedicated to the phenomenon and several Valley residents who say they're victims. How much more can you invade me? than to go into my brain. It sounds like somebody else is reading the book, only it's thoughts. We're not having a group hallucination. This is actually something that's happening. These men all live in the area, didn't know each other before the voices started, and say someone is playing mind games with them. Mostly it's a lot of derogatory uh, comments about whatever you're thinking about. Only time I ever had a whole sentence, he said, this is not about you (laughs) did you just hear what that guy said this is not about you which just frosted me if it's not about me 
what the hell am I going through all this for? Kevin Bond says he used to have a normal life. I was living in the San Diego area. Uh, I was clerking for a federal judge, and I noticed that I was being followed by a whole bunch of people. According to the websites, what Bond is describing is called gang stalking. He moved to Palm Springs to escape. I started hearing, as you'll hear, the hearing voices, and what they'll call voice to skull or microwave hearing. Bob Stansfield says his experience was similar and started a decade ago. They were active in following me around here, and I started hearing the, the, the voices uh, a little bit after the, the uh, uh, vehicular stalking. Randall Ringer says the voices started when he was undergoing chemotherapy. The first thing that was said was Randall Ringer. And I sat up straight and I went to the bath, into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror look myself in the eyes and I said did that really happen bond says he's found more than 300 so victims locally and is tracking others across the state through billboards in Johnson Valley a freedom house just opened to help people who believe they are being targeted to many of you who find yourselves uh, the the object of covert yeah so the point is that this stuff's being uh, reported on in the news somewhat I mean this is like a local channel here but my goodness man it is so terrifying to think about this. I can't imagine what these people like have to deal with day in and day out. Like that is terrifying. Um, I do have another video of Jesse Ventura. Okay. Remember his show conspiracy theory back in the day? Oh yes. That thing was off the rail. This specific one has to do with Gwen towers, another acronym for Ground Wave Emergency Network. He is going to talk about targeted individuals, the demographics, and how these Gwen Towers have kind of uh, been linked to this activity here. Dr. Terry Robertson was seeing a lot of patients with the same problem, and the diagnosis led to me. What can I do for you? Well, I've been collaborating with some other physicians and some former DOD scientists that have been looking at citizen complaints that they may be being subjected to what's known as psychotronic weapons and biocommunication technologies. The complaints seem to be increasing. I've specifically been working with one self-reported group of over a thousand what are called targeted individuals. Targeted individuals, define that for me. What is a targeted individual? This is a moniker that these people have put upon themselves. They believe that they are specifically targeted. Targeted individuals. They're the ones who say they're being harassed and tortured by voices in their heads. The ones who are mocked as people in tinfoil hats. These aren't just crazy people. These are regular citizens who feel they're being targeted. Listen to this. He describes the demographics here. Listen to who this affects. Targeted. This is a highly educated group. Over 50% of them have a college degree. Over 12% have postgraduate degrees. Highly educated people. Highly educated people. All right. So they're just, they're picking random. I don't know. Um, I do have, hold on just one second here. I have to like scroll through this video for you guys. So there's different segments where, that I found super interesting. This is where they talk about the Gwen Towers. And the Gwen Towers overlap with clusters of these targeted individuals. Check it out. 
I mean, that would that would lead to you believing maybe the Gwen Towers has something to do with this. So many of them. All of these red dots. You see. Look at that. The red dots right there on the screen are the Gwen Towers. All of the blue little tiny dots are the targeted individual clusters. Are Gwen Towers. Gwen Towers? Yes. What's a Gwen Tower? They're basically relics from the Cold War. Gwen, the ground wave emergency network. Dozens of antenna towers across the United States. Look at that. That's where they all are across the United States. So you know. States. Built in the late 1980s for military communication. These Cold War relics may have been re-weaponized, targeting you and me. These Gwen Towers are all out of commission, but they are all still standing. What's interesting is if you look, all the red dots, all the Gwen Towers are right near or close to all of the clusters of TIs across the country. The targeted individuals, I mean, it's pretty close there, right? Individuals, yes. Are we sure they're still active? So they could be used. Hypothetically, yes. So they could be used. Hypothetically, yes. This segment has to do with the ex-CIA officer, Mark Phillips. And he is going to describe the towers for you all. Mark Phillips. A former CIA operative. He worked with the infamous MKUltra Mind Control Program. Did you see that guy? I ain't messing with them. Now, he stepped forward to fill in the blanks. Mark, I had a chance to visit and take a first-hand look at these things they call Gwen Towers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they look normal. They got telephone things on them, relay for cell phones and all that stuff. What do you know about these Gwen Towers? The best-kept secret is the one that is right in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight? Come on now. They tell us they're obsolete now. They don't use them for anything. Do you buy that? The United States government has leased out or sold the bottom portions for cell phones and for repeater towers. But they retain the top. Of the tower? Yes, they retain the top of the tower for themselves. That does explain it. All the phone equipment is just a big distraction from the tops of the Gwen Towers. The section the government is controlling. All right. So he basically said on these Gwen Towers, the top part is controlled by the government. The bottom part is controlled by the cell phone companies and that the cell phone wires and all that cell phone stuff is just a distraction to keep you away from looking at the top of it, the top of these Gwen Towers. Now, this next part, he goes into why. Why would the government want to keep these things around? I bet you guys can guess. Now it gets down to why. So obviously they're still using these Gwen Towers for some purpose. Uh, instead of using it to protect us, it's used controls. Oh! So they're doing this right now, targeting as far as certain I know, individuals. If, they put thoughts in their heads, they hear voices. What would be the government's purpose for doing this? Absolute control. Mind control of their own people? Yes. Absolute control. Is this a rogue element of the government, or is this our mainstream United States government doing it? Our mainstream, sir. 
So it's not a band of criminal hackers after all. Not at all. It's also highly compartmentalized, like all uh, sure. projects. So they would look at using this technology against the Wall Street protesters? They're already done that. You're telling me they're doing this right now? Yes. It couldn't be much clearer than that. The technology that sends messages mm -hmm. to secret assassins is now being used to squelch dissent. So there you go. So they're using this technology to squelch dissent. Okay? Get rid of the dissenters. We don't need them. There are two patents to this. I think one of them was brought up by Roger back uh, when he was talking about Philip Stocklin. So I will show you guys those. So here's the first one back in, what was this? This was 1983. The inventor is Philip Stocklin and the simulation of hearing in mammals by introduction of the plurality of microwaves. It expired though. Look. 2006, just like he said. So after 2006, that's free game, you know? That's anybody's. Here's the other patent. This was Wayne Brunken, 1988. Sound is induced in the head of a person. That expired in 2008. All right? So this stuff is there. There's patents that exist for this technology we all remember this havana syndrome this was first reported by the u.s diplomats and intelligence officers in havana cuba in 2016 they had symptoms of vertigo nausea intense headaches there's a group of them at the uh, the embassy there but here's the video of uh, fox news from two years ago they're kind of talking about an update on this Havana syndrome. Here. We are learning new details tonight about suspected directed energy microwave attacks targeting CIA officers and top national security officials. We first started hearing about them, and we told you about them here on Special Report in 2016, shortly after then-President Obama opened the embassy in Havana, Cuba. National Security Correspondent Jennifer Griffin at the Pentagon has the latest tonight about a suspected attack here at home. U.S. officials say there are now 130 suspected victims, mostly CIA operatives and U.S. diplomats being treated for brain injuries, debilitating headaches and vertigo, the targets they believe of a directed energy microwave weapon. There's a mysterious direct energy weapon that is being used, and it is causing, in some cases, permanent traumatic brain injury. New indications suggest the incidents go as far back as 1996. 1996. Okay. Um, they do talk about one of these ex-CIA guys. And they, they're blaming it on, on Putin. They're blaming it on Russia. So here, listen, this is, this is him. But look at the mask that this guy built. Here, they're going to talk about this. Man. It's pretty insidious because it also doesn't, leave any kind of, you know, open open scars or, or, or wounds. Mark lobbied for treatment at Walter Reed's National Center for the Intrepid. As part of his therapy, he painted... Look, this. Look, as part of his therapy, he painted this mask. Look at this. Superman, right as the third eye. This mask of a Superman cape with a broken CIA shield with an arrow through it to symbolize the moral injury he felt when... 
Look at that. That's a Phantom of the Opera type mask. You know, it's it's missing like this it has a big old teardrop right here. But they said it has like a something going through the eyeball. That's like a ice pick. What kind of weirdo? Oh, like this is your who draws that? I don't know. I guess it's art to somebody, but not to make fun of the guy, I guess, you know. He's just, uh, that was just bizarre to me that you, that's what you came up with. That's your art. Superman logo right in the third eye. I don't know. So, yeah, President Biden signed a bill to help the Havana uh, brain injured people. And this bill was, let's see. It was actually called Havana. So this is the Helping American Victims Afflicted by Neurological Attacks. Havana Act was passed unanimously by Congress in a rare instance of broad bipartisanship. Remember I was telling you about bipartisanship in a rare instance? Because when they're both saying, yes, let's fund this, it's not a good thing. And it's usually at the direction you would think of these, uh, they get a boatload of money, right? So who's who's giving them money? You can you can ponder, you can guess, and all that stuff. But I'm just saying, when it has to do with Havana syndrome, yeah, let's let's give these people some money to shut them up. Don't know, or maybe that money is going somewhere else. Maybe it is going somewhere else. And what is coming next? And sorry, this is going to be a little bit longer episode, you guys. We're going a little longer here. But this stuff is just really intense because this is an MIT developer now. This is like telepathy. We're getting to the point where we can read each other's thoughts or he can read thoughts. And yes, I'm going to communicate with you via my thoughts. This MIT guy developed a headset called Alter Ego. You can't get any more on the head than that. That allows you to hear voices in your head. I'm going to have to read this because it's a video with words on it, right? So this headset from MIT can hear and transcribe the voice inside your head. Here, hold on. So Alter Ego is a jaw-mounted device. So he's putting this thing on his jaw. I mean, it's pretty mm, substantial. It has electrodes that can read the neuromuscular signals in the jaw. The signals are triggered when the person says a word in their head. An algorithm then turns the internal speech into words, making it possible to communicate um, silently. All right. Now he can even scroll through. He can control his Roku TV right here. Look at this. He's like, yeah, I'll go down. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go to MIT. That looks nice. He can answer, get silently get answers when he asks questions in his head. Like, what time is it? And it'll answer. It'll tell him. Voice. 10.43. In his head. So answers are transmitted to the user via built-in bone conduction headphones. which uses vibrations in the wearer's skull to transmit the sound. All right. Now here, I have a video of him doing this. This is on 60 Minutes. What is 
45,689 divided by 67. Sure. He silently asks the computer and then hears the answer through vibrations transmitted through his skull and into his inner ear. All right, so I'm going to pause this. So the audio is kind of weird on this. Apologies. But I'm, I'm going to pause this to avoid the the copyright thing, getting this thing down. But what he's doing is he's asking the kid the question with the, the mandibular, whatever, uh, jaw thing on. And this guy is going to ask himself silently and then come up with the answer. Here. Six, eight, one, point nine, two, five. And you can hear it. You can kind of hear it. I have headphones on. I can kind of hear the thing talking to him. That's freaking nuts. Exactly right. One more. What's the largest city in Bulgaria? And what is the population? The screen shows how long it takes the computer to read the words that he's saying to himself. Sophia, 1.21 million. <laughs> <laughs> See? He says the city's name and the population. That is correct. You just Googled that. I did. You could be an expert in any subject. Mm -hmm. You have the entire internet in your head. Imagine. And look, he goes. That's the idea. That's the idea. That's what he wants. He wants the entire internet in his head. And we've I've talked about this so many times. Imagine the day we have technology where you can ask a question and receive it at the same time. There was a guy who died, and in his near-death experience, he described this. It was Eben Alexander, a neurosurgeon. He didn't believe that crap. And then he had an NDE, went to, he saw God, and he's like, yeah, I was up there, and I was asking questions and receiving the answers simultaneously. Like this kid. That's the idea. That's the point. That's what they want to do. They want to play God. So here's, here's where we're going to leave off. And this is the creepy part to me. You have a string of mass shooters who all say that they heard voices in their head before they went and shot people. The Walmart mass shooter in 2022 claimed that he was, quote, led by Satan to murder six of his colleagues. 2014 Seattle Pacific University shooter claims, quote, he heard voices of God, Satan, and the Columbine gunman Eric Harris. When did you start hearing Eric Harris's voice? Um, a little, little bit after I started drinking. Um, what was Eric Harris saying? Uh, I have to go to do a Massacre or mass shooting. Aaron Ibarra said the voices started after he started drinking heavily, but soon he drank to quiet the hallucinations. He said those voices also came from God and Satan. The 2019 Dayton, Ohio shooter worshipped Satan and claimed that, quote, he heard menacing voices in his head while he was a child. Parkland High School shooter in 2018 said that he heard voices described as, quote, demons telling him to carry out the massacre. In 2018, a 16-year-old boy accused of firing a gun at Rio Rancho High School in New Mexico reported hearing voices telling him to, quote, shoot up the school. In 2013, Washington Navy Yard gunman reported, quote, hearing voices prior to killing 12 people. And in November 2017, the shooter at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport claimed that his mind was being controlled by a U.S. intelligence agency and that the CIA was forcing him to watch ISIS videos. 
The alleged gunman, 26-year-old Esteban Santiago, is in custody. He was known to law enforcement because several months ago he walked into an FBI office in Alaska and told them there that he thought the CIA was trying to recruit him to fight for ISIS. I mean, this is concerning. If they're using this technology to get into people's heads to make them go shoot people, that is beyond evil. And do you remember this man? Stephen, Stephen Marlowe, the active shooter in Dayton, Ohio. This is one of them. He left this manifesto. And listen to this. This is who he claimed that he was killing. Hey, guys. Um, so mom, dad, Kevin, Carrie, Brendan, um, I just want you to know I love you more than you will ever know. Um, I could not have asked for a better family. What you cannot comprehend is that we have been attacked by this weapon our entire lives, and the attack against me personally is one of the most vicious attacks a human being um, has ever faced. I have tolerated the most inhumane torture in hopes that the FBI and CIA would come to my defense, but they have failed to come to my aid. My only hope is that you come to understand what has happened here. When the world realizes what has happened, there will be justice, but I cannot sit by and be a victim any longer, and I refuse to sit by and do nothing while my nieces and nephews and the rest of my family are operated on with mind control. Our thoughts are not private. It is disgusting and it is cruel. I will be launching the first counterattack against mind control in human history. I want to be very clear, this will not be an active shooting event. I will be executing some of the people responsible for activating shooters. Did you hear what he said? He was going to go shoot people that activate shooters. Okay, now, I mean, this guy is cuckoo nuts, right? You can say that he's cuckoo nuts, but maybe he's, he's hearing people at the same time. That doesn't mean that he has the justification to go kill people, you know? No, you don't have the right to do that. But my goodness, this is what he's thinking is that he's going to shoot the people that are putting the voices in his head. He claimed that he was shooting the people that, that started this whole thing. And it's just, you know, this spiral of mental illness, you know, caused by maybe some of these weapons, these these micro arrays, these uh, LRAD, DARPA driven microwave auditory effect devices that put voices in people's heads. Yeah. So that's that's where I, I wanted to leave it. I know it's kind of a weird note to leave it on, but it makes you think. It makes you wonder about all of these shooters. You know, if they want to take away guns, if they want your guns taken away, they want people to be shot by guns because they want to prove that guns are, are harmful. And how do you do that? You get into people's heads... And you make them shoot people. Like what a malicious, evil plan. If it were true. Right? You'd have to prove that. And that's one part of this that is very difficult. It's how do you prove that these people are actually hearing the voices? How do you prove that they're going through this? You have the collection of those Gwen Towers. You have the proof that this technology exists. But measuring that output and the effect on individuals is very very difficult to do all right let's bring this show to a close i hope you all enjoyed this episode there was a lot of deep research into this so if you did like this hit a thumbs up 
leave a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify, share the content. And if you're on Rumble, hit that Rumble button, hit the thumbs up, share, share, share. And follow me on Instagram, Strange Sauna Show on Instagram. I'll be posting stuff on there. Follow me on TikTok, Strange Sauna Show on TikTok. We're going to do this uh, every week. All right. So until next week, have a good one. Sayonara. Stay safe. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.